Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Well, good afternoon. This is Charles Kelly, Money Tips. Good to have you back again. Today, I've got a special guest talking about mortgages, but I just wanted to update you on some news from the weekend. Many of you will know that over the weekend, the Silicon Valley Bank in America went bust. This is a major bank, 16th largest banking institution in America, went bust. But we spent the weekend talking about football, Gary Lineker. So it's kind of mostly ignored by the news. But don't forget, when a big bank goes under, like Lehman Brothers, I know that was bigger, but could this be the start of another uh, financial crisis? We, we will have to see what happens there. But it, it, the, the news for people who might have money in the UK arm of SVB uh, is that HSBC are in uh, in talks to take that over. So no one's going to lose any money on their bank in the UK. But you should remember that if you've got a lot of money, if you've got more than £85,000 in any bank, you're only covered up to 85000 by the deposit protection scheme. So just, just bear that in mind if you've got all your eggs in one banking basket. So anyway, today I want to introduce you to a, a mortgage broker, a qualified mortgage broker. I know I'm going to get the name wrong. Mir- Miriam Nawaraguma. Is that is that? Close, right? close. Good effort. Good effort. Yeah. No, always there. Nawaragamua. Okay. Nawaragamua. Nawaragamua. I'll get it right one day. Uh, and you, you are a, a qualified mortgage broker uh, dealing with residential, buy-to-lets, across the spectrum of regulated mortgages, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So I'm from Larkin Financial Services. So um, we based based in London, but operate across England, Scotland and Wales. Okay. And um, I deal with yeah mortgage advice, so buy-to-let and residential mortgages, and then also the associated insurances. So things like builders and contents insurance, life insurance, critical illness, uh, and income protection. Great, great, fantastic. Well, I, that, that's good. We'll put your contact details up at, at the end so people can get in touch with you. But just on the on the question of uh, uh, cover for buildings, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and the, the cost of building has gone up so much, and I'm not sure that everybody is insuring themselves sufficiently to cover the building costs. They might have just left it running for years. But if building costs have gone up by 20%, 30%, a lot of people might be underinsured. Yeah, that, that can happen, especially if you have taken out a mortgage quite a while ago and just renewed every year without sort of re- reviewing the um, the sum assured costs. So it might be worth checking um, to see what the, when it comes up for renewal, uh, to speak to the advisor and find out what the new uh build cost is just to yeah. make sure that you're definitely insured. You don't want to get to a point where you're making a claim on bills insurance and you find out, you know, you've, you've not covered yourself for, for enough um, when you've been paying the insurance all this time as well. So that's something yeah. we look at. Yeah. And that's true for any insurance. Don't be underinsured because the insurance company will cut down your, your claim accordingly. So yeah. I know that in, in the mortgage market and the property market in general, what I've been reporting is that every month, according to the Halifax and Nationwide, surveys that property prices have been coming down for about the last five months they're still up on year on year by about nine percent but how are you finding the market at the moment from your side where you're you know, used to dealing with lots of people and landlords and buyers how, how are you finding things in general at the moment yeah so after 
sort of the fiasco towards the end of last year and the increase in interest rates. The market was very quiet in December, obviously because of Christmas and New Year's and all that. Um, and then this year started off uh, fairly quiet as well. People are a bit hesitant to buy because of the interest rates, not sure, sure what's happening. Um, but now coming to the end of the first quarter of the year, it does seem to be picking up again. Um, not so much uh, in terms of new purchases, but uh, more with the remortgage side of things. Uh, we have, it's expected, I think about 1.8 million remortgages are due for renewal this year alone. So yeah. uh, even though the, the, the buying market might be quieting down a bit compared to the last two years, the remortgages still need to be done. Um, and we're seeing more and more of those at the moment. Okay, now I read in the Evening Standard recently that they called it a mortgage hammer blow for people coming off of fixed rates. And as you said, there's 1.8 million people coming off of fixed rates, hundreds of thousands every month. So how are you finding things? They must be in for a bit of a nasty shock when they're perhaps on a two or three percent fixed rate. And it's going up to four or five. Yeah. So people who have uh, taken out mortgages in the last two to five years, you know, they really enjoyed the, the very low interest rates we've had for the past sort of you know, almost 10 years. Definitely. Yeah. Those, those people might be on rates as low as sort of one and a half percent, two percent, you know, three. And at the moment, now the standard variable rate for a lot of lenders is close to seven percent. So they are going to there is going to be a big jump in their mortgage uh, payments once their deal ends, if nothing, um, if they just go on to the follow on rate. So I do say to a lot of clients who already have mortgages, like, please, please, please check your mortgage deal. If it's ending this year, you need to be reviewing it at least six months in advance and have some sort of plan in place. Because if you're going to remortgage your way to another lender, you'd need to keep a gap of about at least two to three months to, for that process to happen. Um, or if you're going to stay with the same lender, you need to see what they're offering as well. Um, and if you're going to, if you find yourself, you're going to be in financial difficulty, you need to be speaking to your uh, lender as soon as possible as well. So the, the sooner you, you look at your mortgage and review it um, this year, uh, the more time you give yourself to have some uh, has something in place for when your deal ends so hopefully you don't have to go on to that higher seven percent rate yeah absolutely so I, I expect you are you also contact clients do you to say look your mortgage yeah because uh, i had a mortgage broker before and you know used to contact sometimes you would sometimes you wouldn't and i'd get to the like hang on a second and you know yeah. i'm glad that you do because it's good that you give people fair warning because it can take a while to get things arranged um so so people are jumping from Possible fixed rate of one and a half, two percent up to up to what? Like four or five? No, like it's almost seven percent now. About seven percent at the moment. But if they go to a fixed lenders. rate, would they they get less than seven percent? Yeah, sorry, with the standard variable rate. So the follow-on rate, if they don't do anything with the mortgage, will be closer to seven percent. Uh, if we're fixing it, yes, we're looking around. I think the average uh, two-year deal at the moment is about four point, just over four point seven percent. Right. Um, and about yeah, about four. So about four to four and a half percent. You're looking at. Um, so your payments will go up most likely in terms of if interest rate goes up, but it won't be as big as a jump as if you did nothing. Yeah. So the interest payment could double so that their interest payment, not the capital element of it, but a lot of people are on interest only mortgages for buy to let. So they could find their payments double. Yeah. Uh, which is, is, is a, as they said, a hammer blow of up to 5,000 a year average payment. So now's the time really to see a broker, not just renew with your own lender because I've always found that your own lender doesn't seem to give you the best deal, do they? There are a lot of lenders that they have a higher rate than if you, which is why we always say speak to a broker. So staying with a your current lender is an option potentially, 
Um, but if they're not offering uh, the most competitive rate, you want that as a, more of a last resort. Um, you, it's always advisable to speak with a broker, see what else is offered out there as well. Uh, because depending on the size of your mortgage and the monthly payments and the terms, there could be a huge difference in your monthly payments uh, compared to staying with your lender and not. Um, so it's definitely better that you review the market. Your mortgage advisor, we would review what your uh, existing lender is offering you as well anyway. Yes, and then sure. we decide, okay, like, is it better to, to move away from the lender onto a more competitive deal? Um, or depending on your circumstances and your plans, is it better to stay um, and do what's called a product transfer? But yeah, yeah right, they don't always keep uh, offer the most the best deals um, for retention. Yeah, I found that they, if they're new borrowers, they've got all these deals and this and that. When it's when I'm going back to them saying, "What can you get?" Well, this is it. Take it or leave it, and it's yeah. not the best rate. But if people want, I mean, this is the other problem because of the rates going up. Is that going to affect the affordability and the ability to even qualify for these fixed rate deals? Are you finding that is that becoming a problem? Yeah, so with the so there's a couple of factors. There is the rise in interest rates, and then there's also the rise in cost of living. So I'm finding that with uh, residential clients, the higher interest rates are causing a decrease in affordability. So they might not be able to borrow as much as they could have uh, last year potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with the living uh, cost of living um, increase yeah. as well, it's getting harder for people to continue saving for deposits. And if you're going to be moving into a bigger property, you're going to have bigger bills uh, um, to pay. And so, again, when lenders factor those potential costs in as well, um, that is reducing the affordability at the moment for for residential um, buyers. For buy to let as well, uh, particularly in the buy to let market, the stress rates have increased from sort of five, five and a half percent up to. Can you explain what stress rates are? What what are stress rates? So a stress rate is basically when you uh, buy a buy to let mortgage and you get a mortgage. You're, you're applying for a mortgage deal, they stress it at a certain percentage. So previously, the interest rate that they offer might be 3%, but they want to make sure that you can still afford the rent that you get from the property can still yeah. cover the mortgage payment if the interest rate was, say, 5%, right. 5.5%. Yeah. So the, the rent needs to be able to cover that mortgage payment to a degree that, that the lender is satisfied. So there's no risk of um, them losing losing the money. The actual rate, if you pass the stress rate at say five percent or five and a half percent, the actual rate you might have got what would have been maybe like maybe say three percent. Um, the lender wants to cover themselves. In they want to rate. cover themselves, so they stress it at a higher higher rate. Now what lenders are doing because the actual rates have increased, sort mm-hmm. of close to five percent already. They're not stressing it at five percent anymore. They're stressing it at a sort of six seven percent. Um, and a lot of affordability, a lot of um, deals are not stacking up because they're not able to to um, to reach that higher higher stress rate. So what people are finding is that they might have to end up putting more deposit down um, because they can't borrow the amount that they need. Typically, you need about twenty five percent deposit as the minimum yeah. for buy to let properties, but you're finding maybe you have to go thirty thirty five percent instead. So one, you can't uh, lenders sorry borrowers are seeing that they can't borrow as much as they need and may need a higher deposit. And then two, because of the higher interest rates in general, it's really squeezing the profit that they're getting from buy to let. So it's not becoming, it's not as much yes. of an attractive investment anymore. Yes, um, I agree. And I've, I've looked at some of these. I did a podcast on this where I said, you know, where you, you, in the past you could borrow, say, 75 or 80 percent from a buy to let. But if you look at the rates now compared to the rents, it doesn't add up. They're not going to give you that amount of money. And yeah. for, for people remortgaging, though, they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they're already in the mortgage 
what do they do when the lender says, well, we're not going to put you on this fixed rate because you don't pass this, the test or the affordability test? What, has you, have you come across that yet? It is, yeah, it is, it is um, a difficult situation to be in where, you, you know, the, you're either paying a higher interest rate on the standard variable rate and getting no profit, um, but you're unable to remortgage because the rent is not covering the new stress rates. So in this case, um, the options are really either you pay down the mortgage, right. bring the balance down. Obviously, you need to have a lump sum of money to do that. Bring the balance down uh, so that it, it stacks up. Yeah. Or I think what we will be seeing this year is a lot of landlords letting go of properties um, mm. just because it's it's not working for them. The, the numbers aren't working anymore. And um Particularly if they've all borrowed up to the hilt and they've yeah yeah with the low interest the rates people have really geared yeah they've really borrowed the maximum and they've used that money to buy more property and taken yeah. advantage of the low interest rates um, but now with, with the increase in that they're finding that their monthly payments are just it's not um, it's just eating up all of the rent and having they're having to pay out of their own pocket as well so yeah well, I'm expecting to see more properties coming onto the market from landlords um, this okay. year. So, yeah, we hear that a lot of landlords are selling up, partly because of interest rates, but also because of increased legislation. Yeah. Maybe some landlords are just retiring or getting a bit fed up with it all. Um, you know, it, it could be a, a combination of that, but there certainly are properties coming on. But then you, somebody's got to buy those properties. Um, and I, I'm seeing that I'm getting, a, I had an agent call me just half an hour ago saying we've just reduced the price of this to that. I'm getting a lot of price reductions, particularly on London flats and properties, some of them big price reductions. A property not far from me in Hertfordshire that got was on for a one and a half million. Um, it was a bit overpriced. It was probably should have been on for 1.3, but the, probably the, the agent said, well, don't put it on for that much. But the vendor said no. Then he, he got it sold at 1.25. That fell through. It's now on for a million. That's a, it's a huge drop. And this is not yeah. some northern town. This is like in a, in a prime area in, in Hertfordshire, nearest station in, in a sought after area. And, uh, you know, they're dropping prices from one and a half to one million. It's a four bed detached house. So, you know, if we see more of that. It's probably good for people who've got cash, but lots of people good for situations where you're highly geared. Um, when you go on these property courses, they tell you to remortgage and get, get it up to the maximum and go out and don't pay your mortgages off and just keep buying and buying, rinse and repeat. But some people are going to get caught literally with, with their pants down, I think, in, in this year with in terms of interest rates and mortgages. So you're already seeing this now. Yes, we are seeing it. Um, and you're right, the property courses do. There is like a set way of doing it. You just pull the maximum out and they always say, you know, this debt is good debt, so it doesn't matter. Put out as much as possible and keep yeah. buying houses, which is, yes, in in some ways, and given this, the market situation at the time, um, was beneficial. You know, it's well, cheap yeah. debt. Um, it, it's cheap, you can buy more property, you can increase cash flow. But when yeah. the market changes like it has now, then yes, we're finding a lot of people now realizing that because they've borrowed so much, their payments are going <clears throat> high and their profits are diminishing, along with you know those, the tax changes like Section 24 and things coming into effect. So it's, um, it's suddenly you have to start thinking about a lot of buy to let lenders are actually changing tactics. So Rather than the straightforward bread and butter buy to let, people are looking at okay, can we do HMOs? Can we do holiday yeah. let? And um, really just pivoting and trying to figure out what the next best option is, or just selling yeah. the property. Yeah, I've seen that because they, they say that a buy to let uh, doesn't add up anymore in terms of yield and, and lending, but a HMO does. So 
it seems like everybody's piling into HMOs. Um, but but there are there is demand around London for HMO rooms. There's definitely demand. Um, but I don't know how long that will last in, in every area. And then the mortgages, are, you're more limited on the mortgages, I know. But what about holiday lets? Because that you shouldn't be taking a normal buy-to-let mortgage and then rent it out as a holiday let, should you? No. So for holiday lets, there is a specific type of mortgage called holiday let mortgages. Not all lenders do them. So the, the market is a bit more limited than your standard buy-to-lets. And the, the way they work out affordability is they look at um, the income that you're going to get, sort of peak season, mid-season and low season, and sort of average it. And um, they work out what's uh, how much they're, they're prepared to lend on that basis. But yeah, it's a specific specific mortgage that you need for that. What, what sort of percentage loan to value would you get on a holiday let? So you want to buy a property in Devon and what, would you, is it a lower loan to value than a, a normal buy to let in general? Or does it depend, I suppose it depends on the rent. It depends on the rent. It depends on, on the rent and where the property is. Um, but at least sort of, I'd say maybe 60, 65%. Yeah. So you're looking at about 35 and, and the rates are about the same or a bit higher or? It's slightly higher, slightly higher than, than buy to let. Um, but then hopefully if, you know, if it stacks up, then it shouldn't make a huge difference in terms of your profit that you're, you're receiving. And would, would you count holiday lets in with um, service accommodation? This is the big thing at the service accommodation, service accommodation. Would you count that in the same vein? Yeah, as yeah. so Airbnb. It could be a on the coast. It could be a, a flat in London. Yeah, yeah. So it's people you can, the Airbnb. Airbnb properties, people come for the weekend or for the week. Um, potentially you can, you can also live in the property as well yourself for a certain amount of time for, uh, if you wanted to, if you're using it as like a holiday home for yourself as well. Um, but yeah, that's all in, then that's becoming more and more popular uh, now as well. Obviously, again, with the cost of living increasing, people are expecting this summer, you know, more people will be traveling within the UK. So there will be more of a demand for holiday lets. So, um, yeah, we're definitely finding more and more landlords looking at that as an option rather than your standard buy to let. But the mortgage does need to be uh, in line with that. Well, certainly the rents on holiday homes in on the coast, anywhere near the coast, have shot up in the last couple of years, you know, for obvious reasons. But I don't know whether that, I mean, now you can go abroad again, but um, it, it does seem that a lot of people are piling into this. Now, I think you've got to watch that if you have a buy-to-let mortgage and then you start, decide, well, I'm going to rent it on an Airbnb basis, that would affect when you'd be in breach of your mortgage and presumably your insurance might not cover you if, yeah. if, you, if you have a fire or something. And they say, well, it's, you've been letting this to you know, people coming and going. It could, could change the picture, couldn't it? Yeah, you can. If you're going to change the use of the property, you need to check that the, the mortgage that you have is suitable for it. And as you said, that you have the correct insurances in place because you don't want to be... Uh, in a position where something has happened and your your insurance is not covering you or as you said you've breached your mortgage uh contract you know you can end up in a lot of trouble so it needs to be done the right way if it's something that you're considering again speak to your mortgage advisor see what the options are um and then sort of go from there and if you do it the right way then yeah you don't have to worry about anything presumably some areas would some local authorities would want you to do a change of use so, so that is specifically for a holiday let um, rather than just a, a residential. And the tax treatment, I believe, is different. So in terms of your interest, tax, tax relief on the interest is, is treated differently as well. So it is an attractive proposition for people. But just, just do it properly. As Miriam said, talk to your mortgage advisor. You might need to switch your mortgage or get permission from the lender or, or do something. Um, but 
And that, that's that's something you should do properly, not just lightly and just switch into Airbnb from uh, buy to let. So I, I, is there anything you wanted to add on the mortgage front? Any uh, interesting deals at the moment? I saw I saw something which is a Halifax 10-year fixed rate, just over 4%. But obviously a lot of these comes with caveats because it may be you'd have to put down a 40 or 50% deposit or there's some catch with it. But those are the headline rates. And I think that's why you need to talk to a broker because they can dig in and, and really find out what is applicable to you rather than just looking at a comparison site. Yeah, so on comparison sites, obviously, you'll find a whole number of, of deals um, and very attractive looking rates. But um, each lender is different. So in terms of their criteria, so even though the rate may be attractive, it might be for a certain loan to value or the lender might um, be very fussy about, you know, if you have bad credit, uh, they might prefer some employment types to others, etc. So that, that's the reason why you speak to a mortgage advisor. So when you say if there's is there any good rates out at the moment, it really does depend on sort of how much you're borrowing, what the personal circumstances are, whether it's a two year or a five year, whether it's fixed or tracker. So there's a lot of variables. Generally, we tend to recommend um, the most cost effective deal. So this is over the two year or five year or 10 year deal period. Um, what is the most cost effective? Because you can get a lot of low rates uh, where they have a very, very high product fee. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes three, four, five thousand pounds. Yes, yeah. So even 3%, five percent, you know, it's quite quite can be quite substantial. Um, whereas actually it might you might be better off going for a product where it's a slightly higher interest rate, but a low or no product fee. So if we're looking just purely in terms of sort of lowest uh interest rates available at the moment, I had a had a look. So 90% residential, we're looking at sort of 4.84 for two years, 4.45 for about five years. That's where it seems to be the lowest at the moment. Buy to let, um, just a standard basic buy to let. There are deals for as low as 4.09% at the moment on two years and about 4.65 on a five-year deal. Um, but historically, again, it's, not, it's not horrendous historically. When I think back the years when I've been, been in proxies before this sort of low rate era after 2008, you know, I was used to paying 5 6%. I once had a mortgage at 16%. Uh, my first residential flat it went up from 12 to 16 percent but i was happy to pay 12. people fixed their rates at 10 percent, and then rates went down a lot of people got caught with that by these banking swap deals and and they they, they, they become bankrupt because of it but that's another story but people were happy to pay six seven eight nine percent so four percent sounds horrible to, to people who've never never paid that before yeah, but it, exactly so, rates, i think were artificially low for a long time yeah so it's it's easier to understand where we're at when we can look back um, and see, see it in context. So actually, you know, the Bank of England base rate is now 4%. And it was it was around the 4% mark back in, just before 2008. You know, it was between right. okay. 6% since the 90s. So yeah, yeah. this period since 2008 till last year, where we've had like exceptionally low Bank of England base rate and mortgage rates, that is actually quite uh, an anomaly. Yes. But, um, Generally, interest rates, mortgage interest rates have been um, above, yeah, like you said, like 5%, 5 6 even up yeah. to 8%, 8% as well. And we, we're coming back to that sort of time before 2008 again, I think. That's what it's looking like. What's been a shock to the system is that it's just happened very, very fast in the space yes. of like the last 12 months. The rates just coming up, up, up. So we haven't had a lot of time to adjust to it. But actually, it's, yeah, when you look back, this is the sort of average uh, interest rates that 
that we we need to be used to and i think there's just a, there's going to be a period of time where we just need to adjust I think over the last few years because the interest rates have been very low a lot of people have taken out other debts credit cards loans and things like that and now yeah. with the cost of living increasing and the mortgage rates rising suddenly it's becoming very overwhelming is how we're going to afford all of this um but we have to 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 adjust to these new rates um people keep asking me you know is this a good time to buy should i wait for the house prices to go down are the interest rates going to go down further and again you know um it's it's difficult to say yeah how do you advise them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to say i mean i can't say the interest rates have steadily been coming down in terms of the mortgages, fixed rate mortgages since about December. It has been coming down slightly. Um, we're expecting it may continue, uh, but will it go back down to sort of down to 2%? No, I, I don't think so. That's probably unlikely. Um, yeah. It might settle around close to 4%. Maybe okay, I was going to ask you that. So you think this would be about it? Because obviously if you're sitting on cash, that's losing... 10% a year due to inflation as well. So yeah. you're in danger of sitting on cash for too long, unless you're a big investor and you've got loads of money in the bank. But, and, and I always say to first time buyers, well, if you find you're at the house you want and it's the right deal, just buy it because it's, this is not an investment, is it? This is your long-term yeah. place to live. And whether it goes up or down or sideways, you've got somewhere to live and you're not paying rent then. Yeah, and that's, that's you can buy to let, I think. Yeah, property, you have to remember, it's a, it's a long-term investment. So whatever happens in the market in the short term, in the long term, um, you know, there's there's all, there's such a shortage of properties in this, in, in the UK. Still. So, still, still. Right. And, you know, um, we have very limited property. There's people always looking to buy, people always needing housing. So over the long term, you know, the value of property does tend to, to increase. Appreciate, yeah. Yeah, so if you can, and the thing is, the market has been very, the last two years, the market has been crazy. Like we all thought there was going to be a market, uh, a crash, you know, when COVID happened yeah, and yeah. the market went into lockdown for three months. We thought, oh no, that's it. We're going to have a, a crash mm. and nothing happened. It actually, it boomed, you know, the, yeah. the government brought in the tax incentives and, and the house prices shot up. This time last year, you know, I was doing mortgages for a lot of clients um, who could afford the mortgage. They had decision in principles, but they just could not find a property because any time a property came onto the market, there'd be like 10 other people try, trying to buy the same same property. Yeah, yeah. Now we're in a position where we've done a bit of a, a U-turn and there are not many buyers in the market, but more property will mo most likely be coming onto the market this year. So if you are in a position to buy, if you if you is if the amount you're looking for is affordable, you have the deposit ready and you can buy it, then I would say this is a good time. This is a good time to to buy. Like you said, if you at least get your foot in the ladder, interest rates may be higher than what you're used to, but to get to get onto the property ladder, it might be worth it um, just to buy because we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. So that's, that's correct. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not just saying that because I. I, I buy and I sell properties through open house estate agents. I'm not just saying that, but you know, if you're going into a speculative deal, I'd say, well, I'd be a bit careful. But certainly, if, you, if you're looking to buy for yourself and your family, then you know, when I bought my first flat and the rates went up to 16%, I thought I'd made a huge mistake because prices were actually going down after that. But two or three years later, I sold it uh, for, for like a 50% profit. Prices went up again, and I was away and I was off and running. And then rates started to settle down a bit. So, but it, I didn't just buy it for an investment. I bought it for somewhere to live. So it saves me from paying rent. Uh, and that, that, then that's using up your, your money. So I think you're right, Mary. If, if you've got the right 
deal and, and you can afford the mortgage and you're, you're, you're stable, then, then, then just go for it. So yeah. I think that's pretty good advice. I mean, unless you want to add anything, Miriam, I think you could. Well, I, you yeah, could I think your day. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's been really useful, and I, I look forward to speaking to you again. Maybe, maybe in the future we can do a monthly update on where the market is, where mortgages are. Yeah, sure, I'll we'll be more than this, happy. We'll find this very useful, and we'll put up your details to, to contact. Now, one thing about lockdown was that. People have got used to using Zoom. So I'm assuming you, you deal with clients all over the place. Well, I used to run around and see clients, you know, South London, North London, Essex, Hertfordshire, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks to yeah, Zoom uh, and um, technology these days. Yeah, we can see, we can do appointments over Zoom. We can do it over the phone, email, all the time. Whatever's easy uh, for clients, we're pretty flexible. Um, some clients do prefer face-to-face -face meetings, and that's fine as well. That can be arranged. I'm happy to come and meet them somewhere convenient uh, for, for both of us. And uh, yeah, whatever whatever works. But What's the best way of contacting you? Through the, the company website? Yeah, you can send me an email um, or I'll give you my email address um, as well. Or through the company website, there's a contact form. And then if you uh, put in your, your query, we'll get in touch with you within 24 hours. Um, have an initial chat, no obligation chat, and then we go from there. Fine. OK, great. Well, I'll put your details up there, Miriam. Thanks very much for your time today. And look forward to speaking to you again. And if you want to contact Miriam, we'll put the details up in the in the description below. So thanks very much, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 